So our show is called A Song Can Change Your Life. And A, do you even believe that? Is that your phone ringing? It was, I will That's great. Off. She's fired, Jared. <laughs> She's fired. Can we get somebody else? Have you written any songs, Jared? Oh my goodness. Jared, I can't work like this. Can you call Mike? Maybe Mike has written a song that we could talk about. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Great. All right, back at it. Three, two. Hey everyone, welcome to A Song Can Change Your Life, a podcast where we talk with one songwriter about one of their songs, one-on-one. My name is James, and today we're listening to a conversation I had with singer-songwriter Beth Wood about her beautiful song, Wide Mouth Jar. Wide mouth jar full of wishes Sitting out on the front porch in the rain It's how many things, fireflies and goldfishes But when will it hold wishes Pushpin, thumbtacks, and rusty nails Cloudy old Greeks from her frying pan Oh, wide mouth jar, long forgotten Holds just as much as your dreaming So Beth is here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, doing some shows with Home by Dark this weekend. And man, I'm such a big fan, Beth, of, of, of your music for so long. I was a fan, actually, before we met. And, and so it's always been great to play music with you and do shows with you. And, Thank you. And so, you know, this show is called A Song Can Change Your Life. And, um, you know, I believe it, but I, I'll ask you flat out. Do, mm-hmm. you, do you think that's just baloney or do you think it's true? <laughs> I think it's absolutely true, and I've dedicated my life to it, so I really do believe that. And I don't just mean the words in a song. I don't just mean the melody. I mean everything that a song can embody, and it can change us, how we feel. It can change the moment. It's a powerful thing. I, I agree, and and um, you're, you're right. It's not just lyrics. Sometimes mm-hmm. a melody can hit you and just make you feel something like like on a, on a drop of a dime. Absolutely. And, and, can and make, you don't know why. It's mysterious. No, no it's like a resonance mm-hmm. thing uh-huh. in your heart. And it can <clears throat> it can stop you in your tracks. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's so much bigger than you. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, so. Are you familiar with the concept of, symph- of um, sympathy when you talk about stringed instruments? Mm. I love this term. Um, when, like for violin, for example, there's an open G string. And if I played a G an octave above it and didn't even touch the one below, it rings out in sympathy with the other one, just acoustically, that makes it happen. Wow. And I think that's what happens to us, Mm -hmm. to our bodies. When something in music touches us, our, we react in sympathy with that the same, same thing. Oh man. Same resonance. Yeah. That's that's eloquently said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so this brought me to listening to some of your music and and I've been listening to your music for a long time. A lot of songs have dented me, and that, 
And sort of that's the phrase I use when, when songs. <laughs> Dented you? Yeah, <laughs> dead to my heart, you know? Oh, like it hits you. Like yes. it, it can be joyful or it can yes. be very sober. But I've heard so much music, but you sent mm -hmm. one recently, last mm -hmm. couple weeks, called Wide Mouth Jar. Uh -huh. And I have to be very candid with you. Every single time I've heard it, and I've probably heard it now 20, we played it in concert the last several nights. Mm -hmm. And I can't keep from tearing up. Oh. I'm not a big baby or anything, but, <laughs> but talk about a resonance thing. Yes. But this song, you, you, it's such a cool song. I want to know how, how you wrote it, but I want to tell you that okay. you've done this amazing thing of taking an inanimate object mm -hmm. and making us feel something for it. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this sense of sacrifice and loyalty. Mm -hmm. and it's a powerful thing. And it, it, in the middle of the song, I caught myself going, I'm feeling something for this jar. <laughs> right, you know? of course. Like, how cool, how crazy is that? But, um, right. but tell me how the idea came about for, for even writing this thing. Sure. Well, object writing is a very common exercise for songwriters. Um, a lot of times when I, I end up at retreats, you know, we'll have a, a, an exercise and you'll, you'll draw something out of a hat and say, it'll say, write a, write a song about a rocking chair or mm -hmm. something. Um, and so I've, I've already sort of been accustomed to that um, idea. And I am in a place now in my life where all my grandparents are gone. And so it's got me thinking about what we leave behind, mm. you know, and there's, there's a lot of sorting through objects and, um, you know, going through somebody's will and, and what happens to your things and, and to what things do we assign meaning. Used to sit in his room by the model airplanes Bedtime stories and goodnight kisses A mother and father tucked their little boy thinking about this jar um, and uh, the story around it in the song is completely fictional and made up mm. um, but I wanted to highlight how objects can become so valuable to us through our stories and through our lives and so for example when my grandparents died um, the only thing of theirs that I wanted was this um, green bottle that they used to keep in their fridge and keep cold water in. Mm. And that's all I cared about because it had meaning for me. It was green water when we, had, we were kids. Mm. And um, so how is it that we go about assigning value? And um, so I wanted to show that the, the sort of trajectory of this family through this one jar that uh, you know, when, when the kids were young, they used it to put wishes in and um, and it's sort of, um, I don't know, how, how the family was transformed through that. Yeah, when I, when I was listening to your lyrics, I, it, it's amazing how I started to feel for this jar because um, I, I sort of saw it as um, whatever, whatever the family needed to use it for. Yes. It said, I'm here and I'm available. Absolutely. You know, and it's this, it's this powerful symbolism of, of sacrifice, 
and dedication mm -hmm. and loyalty to this family. It says, no matter what you want me to be, man, I'll accept your, you mentioned uh, pins and rusty nails. <laughs> I'll take that stuff. I'll yes. also take the dinosaurs yes. and, and, and the other thing and, and, the, and the note, the wishes that the parents yes. write down. And it's like, whatever you've got, I will take, take it. And it's, it. And it's this quality, this human quality that we all wish we had. Yes. And you've got it assigned to this jar. Mm. Um, well, and I also wanted to highlight um, the, the way that as we grow older and into adults, um, we kind of leave that world where we're dreaming and wishing, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when, so at the end of the song, a new baby comes into mm -hmm. the world. And, and once again, it's time to start wishing and dreaming mm -hmm. again. And how that cycle of hope um, is what keeps us going. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and, and, and you're able to make this connection for this gentleman in the song. Mm -hmm. As he's gotten older, he's able to sort of have a, a touch point for his childhood. Mm -hmm. through this, mm -hmm. and, and there's a hopeful thing about that. And maybe that's why, in part, it resonated with me as well, was, mm -hmm. was Home by Dark is, is really built around that as well. Mm -hmm. And that, that phrase is all, is all about my childhood. And now as an older man, li looking back on that, there's this thread throughout my life, throughout those three words, that, that feels comfortable, mm -hmm. um, nostalgic, and a bit hopeful. And man, how you've done it is just amazing. Um, and I'm really mad at you for making me cry. <laughs> so sorry. I feel very. I was, I was in the room listening today before you got here, listening uh -huh. to it, just to make sure I had all, all the lyrics down. And I, I've got these tears coming down my eye. I'm like, man, I hope nobody walks in on me. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, something else you do in that song, which I, I was wanted to ask if it was intentional, was it's in three four, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I'm listening to it, I'm rocking. Yes. Uh -huh. And I'm, and then you get the whole thing at the end of the song about two empty rocking chairs mm -hmm. on the port. And actually, the, when you think of a wide mouth jar and sort of the setting within this song, it feels like it's being sung from a front porch on rocking chairs. And I'm here I'm rocking, I'm going, wait a second, either that's, that's accidental or it's genius. <laughs> Which one was it? It's absolutely intentional. But I also wanted this song to have a little bit of a, it kind of reminds me of like a Ferris wheel or a, mm -hmm. a whimsical, you know, circus mm -hmm. type yeah. feel to it. Baseballs, dinosaurs, and magic tricks, trophies, marbles, and pick-up sticks, a box full of memories that she fixed just for him, just for and I, but I hadn't actually thought about the rocking chairs. Oh that, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sitting here rocking in the, in the. Yeah. But no, that, that makes sense too about mm -hmm. the Ferris wheel and mm -hmm. um, and so in most and more on the technical side, most of the the things you've written that I've listened to, uh, I think came from your ability to play guitar. Mm -hmm. And so this texturally felt different for me. Mm -hmm. um, and how about did that say, feel the same for you? And was that intentional when you thought of this idea for the song? Did you say, oh, this has to be on piano versus right. guitar? Not at all. Um, I the piano is feels so different to me, and um, I started out in my life playing piano, playing classical piano, and thought that that's what I want was going to do with my life. And when I realized that wasn't the case, I kind of put the piano aside for a mm -hmm. while. And all the writing that I had done had been on guitar, 
And so just only in the few past few years have I come back to the piano and sat down and tried to create something. Um, so I think because of that, this, this piece has a little bit more of a formal quality and feel to me because of that. Um, but I, it, it, it definitely started on the piano and, uh, I, I've since learned it on the guitar so I can play it right. when I don't have a piano, but, but it feels it, it was always at a home piano. on piano. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so you had it written on piano and you had, and you, you got it done and now you have to take that baby of yours and mm-hmm. record it. Mm-hmm. And the recording is very simple. It's just yes. And mm-hmm. and was that also intentional? Did you ever think, okay, I want to put strings behind this or put any sort of rhythm behind it, or did you say, no, this is the whole idea is is this sort of authentic sim- simplicity yes. to it, and say I'm just going to keep it stripped down. It does feel like a very simple story, and it's also um, long, and there's a lot of words, mm-hmm. and so I. I didn't want to put anything in there to distract, um, and I, you know, I think it would have been easy to like go crazy with a string section right. and try to pull at people's heartstrings. But right. I wanted to try and let the song do that on its own. Oh, it certainly does. So, yeah. um, and so, so now you got it recorded, and mm-hmm. then last two nights we've been playing it live, <laughs> and we've got um, some wonderful people that are part of Home by Dark, Carol and Vanessa, background singers, mm-hmm. and. And there's not backgrounds on the recording, is there? No, there's no background. And so, so how do you feel as a songwriter who's <laughs> written this baby of yours, and when you bring it to Home by Dark, and we've got these two singers, um, and you're so open with everything we do with, with, with your songs, how did that how did that feel to you to say, uh, yeah, do you mind if the ladies kind of jump in on right. it? Right. Well, I I've worked with them now to the point where I absolutely trust. Hmm anything that they're going to do. Um, I have to admit that I get a little bit carried away with listening to what mm-hmm. they're doing because it is it is just absolutely beautiful. And so it's cool because it causes me to slow down a little bit in my performance and take more pauses because I really want to hear what they're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, that's one of the cool things about writing a song like this is, is you get this idea in a room mm-hmm. and it just sort of starts... And then you translate it to a recording, mm-hmm. and then it translates to live, and it's it's almost three separate things. Yeah. But but yet it merges into this one emotion or this one feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's an amazing song. I really do. Thank Have you. you. I, I, I'm, it's relatively new for you, about a year old or so, as far as people hearing it. Yes, it's pretty new. And so, from a, are you getting that kind of response from people beyond me and when we play it live and say, "Hey, this is yes. this is a pretty amazing song." Absolutely, and it's the one song on my latest project that is a piano song, mm-hmm. um, and it's so funny because um, it, it was one of those things that I wrote and I thought, ah. You know, this is cheesy. Nobody's really. Oh, totally. Oh man. Then nobody's gonna dig. I mean, I love writing for its own sake. So right. I'll go ahead and finish something. But I was like, ah, I don't know if anybody's gonna want to hear this if I'm playing at a folk festival mm-hmm. or you know. Right. And um, over and over again, people kept requesting it. Please play White Mouth Jar. You know. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I have to. Um, you know, I can't always trust my instincts. Well, sometimes you're too close to it. <laughs> I am, and I I felt like this is a cute story that I wrote for myself, and you know, I just thought that was it. And then, um, but no, it's and it's what listeners do, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen it over and over again, and I'm sure you have as well. Is they assign 
much like uh, the person in the song assigns value to this jar, mm -hmm. people sort of, when they hear, start hearing the lyrics in the song, start thinking of their own lives. Absolutely. And, and, their, and their, their family, and, and they can start seeing it within their own movie, if It's you will. absolutely remarkable. And I didn't think about this, actually, because I'm not a parent. Um, but when I have sung this song and there are parents in the room, they are so moved oh, because yeah. they um, put themselves into the story. And so that's magical to me. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing, Beth. And um, I, you're, I'm a huge fan and always been a fan of your writing. And um, this one will always sit with me. And so I, I, I'm just hoping I get to the point where I can listen to it <laughs> with my friends and not cheer up. Well, I'm sorry I've dented you. Yeah, I've stained my shirt. But, um, but truly, and I truly, truly mean this, when I, a song, when, I think, when I think of a song can change your life, that is one that has dented me when the, for the first time I heard it and getting to play uh, or sit in a show with you when mm. you do it live and feeling it as well and seeing the audience. Um, truly is a song that's changed my life. And, oh, and, thank you. And I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Two rocking chairs sit there empty The last of the distant relatives has gone A house that has stood for more than a century Little boy turned to a man has come home. He stands on the porch listening to the rain. Newborn baby in his arms, staring up at him. Oh, wide mouth jar, long forgotten. Time has come for wishing again. Yeah, the time has come for wishing again. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Our audio engineer is Jerry Knable. Theme music by Jim Hedinger. To learn how a song can change your life, go to homebydark.com.